Lord, we do lack nothing in you. Your word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for us lacking nothing. We've been redeemed. We've been washed white by the precious blood of Jesus. Every one of us that received him as our Savior, Lord. And we're so thankful. That's why we're here today, Lord, to worship you, to learn of you, to grow in grace and in knowledge of you, to invite you here. We know you're here, Lord. We know you're here. The scriptures are very clear. You live in our heart, and where two or three are gathered together, there you are. But, Lord, we want to hear what you have to say today. Through Pastor Brett, as he speaks, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our hearts. Father God, that it wouldn't go in one ear and out the other, but it would go in one ear, whiz through our heart, and apply to our being and our service in this world unto you. Lord, let us hear what the Holy Spirit says today. And may Jesus be glorified so that you, Father, might be glorified in heaven. Because you are our God and there is no other. And Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And the Holy Spirit is the operation here in the world today. And he operates within this church and every church that believes in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, come upon us today. Not just, we know you're in us, but come upon us and saturate us from head to toe to fingertips, Lord. Saturate every, every cell, every atom within this body. Saturate us with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated, church. Um, I have to go through this again because there's new people that came online so I want you to know that. So you don't say, hey, Pastor Joe's repeating himself. And we do that because there's an uh, audience that comes online, you know, after the worship. So um, I want to remind, I tell them out there, and you're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're here, and we're glad you, you're tuned in. Stay tuned. We got a great message for you from the Word of God. Pastor Brett's going give, to give today. And uh, for those of you who are local, since we're Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches, we're located in Lantana, Florida, 2810 High Paluxo Road, just a quarter mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road. So if you're local, come on by. We're here every Sunday at 10 a.m. We stream every Sunday, 10 a.m., and we also stream every Thursday night at 7.15. So if you're, if you're local or if you, if you want to Go to our website and watch. It's freedomchurchpb.org, freedomchurchpb.org. Once you're online, you can find out all about us. Who You can find out what we believe in. You can find out the ministries that we have. You can watch past services from years back. You can even give online. There's a give button there. Just press it and give should the Lord lead you. But I advise every, every church that's represented over the Internet to make sure you Keep your tithes going to your church and your offerings and, and uh, to, to whom the Lord tells you. Because the church has to march forward. That's all there is to it. We see the world's getting, getting dark, although a little bit of light shone this week, you know, as they re removed the, uh, 
abortion, you know, overturn Roe versus Wade as a blessing after 50 years of uh, 64 plus million babies have been slaughtered or massacred. You know, you know what abortion is today? It's the spirit of Molech, no different than what was in the Bible. Kids, the Israelites began to offer their children to Molech, the, the idol god, you know, and that's what we're doing. It's just as the people in America are doing, you know, and I hate to put it so bluntly, but I'm glad I put it so bluntly. It's murder, you know. Um, life's conceived in a womb. We know that God built you in your mother's womb. We know that God talks about David being uh, built in his mother's womb, you know, and he knows all our days. But thank God for a little bit of light. You know what? We're going to see some spiritual warfare going on, so keep praying, church. For those of you online, it's all about Jesus here. We're glad you're online, but um, come on, tune in every Sunday and every Thursday night. Sunday at 10, Thursday at 7.15. For those of you that are local, we have a men's Bible study. It is not aired, but it's right here at Freedom Church, you know, uh, right here. It, it's, a, it's a great time of men together. We just baptized two of the men that came to the church and got uh, was accepted the Lord right here. They're, they're right here today. We baptized them. Pastor Brett and I baptized them last week down at the ocean. It was a good time, you know, and these guys are hungry for the Lord, let me tell you. It's refreshing. It's refreshing to see this, you know, people that are hungry. They're, you know, are memorizing scripture and everything else, you know, already. They're three weeks old in the Lord, four weeks old in the Lord, so we, we uh, thank the Lord for them. Also, for those online, I know even here, I just announced it earlier, you know, I have a published book out right now, you know, I'm a published author, so uh, I'd like you, if you want to purchase it, you just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and you can purchase this book. It's called About Face, and it's Pastor Joe Trapani, Pastor Joe Trapani, and uh, you can read the book. It's a, it's a wake-up call for the church, just so you know. I didn't write it of my own accord. The Lord had me start it 10 years ago, and it is finally into fruition. So, you know, it's all about about the Lord. You know, it's about a military theme. It's, it's basically, um, it's, only, it's an easy read, by the way. It's only 170 pages, you know, but it has eight chapters. And uh, it's, you know what, it's going to change your life and the way you live because we're soldiers of Christ. We forgot that in the, in the church today. My little kids used to sing, Onward, Christian soldier, marching out to war. But the church isn't. They marched to McDonald's and Burger King after church. That's okay, you know, but, but you forget after Burger King, it's time. You know, we're soldiers of Christ. We use the sword of the spirit that doesn't take life, it gives life. So praise God for that. So go online, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. I'll have 250 of them here in a couple of weeks. You can purchase them or you can just take them. I would prefer a donation because it was expensive, you know. <laughs> but anyway... It wasn't done for money. It was done because the Lord told us to do it. Well, before I go on, I'm going to bring Pastor Brett up. We're going to pray over him. This is my adopted son in the Lord, just so you know that. Liz wants to sit in the middle. I don't know why. 
Get going here. Listen, Father, today we come to you in Jesus' name. Brett is here, and he's going to speak a message from the Holy Spirit to each of us. I pray that you open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to hear what the Holy Spirit says. Lord, we don't want to honor you with our mouth and, and speak of you with our lips, but we want to honor you within our hearts. So help us to do so today. And anoint Brett. We know he's anointed. And just give him a special anointing, a powerful anointing today to bring forth your word and that you might be glorified, and that the church might be encouraged and lifted up. So, Lord, to you, let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good morning, Freedom Church. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? I got like a one and a half amens there. Can I get two or three more? Amen. <laughs> amen. Everyone okay? We uh, just wanted to make sure, you know, I'm preaching to a live audience here, you know. And I know some people are online. Wow, I just saw some of these pictures. The baptism, amazing. You know, I have to, before I get started in this teaching, it's the Lord's not wanting me to go too deep into the Roe versus Wade. I was praying about it. Um, and I just felt the Lord was saying, yeah, you don't need to say much. And then Joe, right right when he told me that, Joe started talking about it. So praise the Lord God. I heard a pastor mention on, on, online on Facebook or some, one of the social medias. He said, if you go to your church tomorrow morning and your pastor is not rejoicing over what just happened, you better get out of that church immediately. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So thank you, Jesus, that Pastor Joe's rejoicing. I mean, I didn't hear many amens from you guys, but thank God, Pastor Joe. I might have to leave if Pastor Joe didn't do that, you know, but no, I, that's not my heart. But I, I just want you to understand, and again, I'm not going to dig a, dig a hole down to China here, but what just happened you know, it, it was more than just a little light shining upon us again, guys. This was something very, very significant. I don't know how much you, I, I really don't care what you feel about this topic. I really don't, or anyone watching. I care what God feels about this topic, amen? Because we're not talking about a topic. We're talking about souls and innocent lives in a womb. Do you understand what that is? Like, in the Bible, you know what God says about it? He said, there's seven things I hate. Seven, six things he hates and seven things that are an abomination to him. And one of them is hands that shed innocent blood. That's called an abomination to God. Do you know that for 50 years, and, and we all have freedom of choice, we all have a free will, and we all make decisions, Amen. That's how God created us. But as a nation, as a nation, we've been upholding legally an abomination before God as a nation. And since we legalized it, countries like Finland and Europe and all these other countries around the world where my wife's from, they began to follow suit. Because what America does, the world follows. I hope you guys understand that. I've been to 30 countries. They listen to our music. They watch our movies. I've been to six continents, guys, in 30 countries. That's not a lot, but a little bit, amen? And everywhere I go, I can go to little islands in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific Ocean, 
Samoa and Fiji, and that people are listening to our music, watching our movies, following our cultures, and the churches follow our churches. Do you guys understand that? They follow our lead. And this thing is not just <laughs> an issue, a top. This is a giant that just fell in America, amen? This is a giant, guys. It's a giant that the Lord Himself has just intervened, and I'm telling you, this is, it should bring great hope to your heart. Because this is, an, this is God Himself intervening in our generation, saying, I'm not done yet. You know, it's getting dark, guys. It's getting really dark. But God often in history, He lets it get very dark. And then He shines a great light. He often lets it become impossible so that He can enter and do the impossible. I hope, I hope that hope will arise in you guys. Do you understand when David went into the battle and he went against Goliath and he killed and slayed Goliath. You know what happened after that? It wasn't just Goliath fell and the enemies of God you know, were afraid. The, end, the, the army of the Lord arose, all the chickens, all the courageless Christians, all the people who should have been fighting the battle, you know who was, should have been in the battle was the king. All the people who were sitting back on the sidelines, courage arose in them, and they began to chase down the enemies of God and kill them. And I'm not talking about physical war here, guys, but this should gr- give us hope again this should give us great encouragement as the body of christ that there's a god in heaven this is all i want to say there's a god in heaven and he's heard our prayers for the last 50 years he's been hearing our prayers and he sees the righteous in the land guys he sees the righteous he sees our cries and he answered he did something this isn't political guys there's nothing don't don't look with your eyes of flesh carnally worldly he said the battle is spiritual right he said there's there's principalities and powers we're not fighting flesh and blood amen that's what this book i bet is all about we're fighting principalities and powers and wickedness in high places this was a strong man that just came down this was a wicked principality in a high place an abomination that the lord is unraveling and this should give us hope church This should give us hope that God is still on our side. He's not done with America. I've been prophesying things to you guys, and I'm telling you, God's about to do something. It's going to get worse. Hell is going to break loose now. And I just want to warn you, but I want to encourage you, get ready for what the Lord's about to do. Get ready, because, you know, there's scriptures that says, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. There's scriptures that says the Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. The gates of hell will not prevail. The scriptures that say we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, guys. And this is a time for the army to arise and be full of faith and courage. When we see a giant fall, we don't just say amen and move on. We rejoice in our Lord, our God, our deliverer. And we arise with courage and strength. Amen. So I just, I just, that's all I'm going to touch on. And I just praise God that Pastor Joe opened the can for me because I, was, I wasn't permitted to open it. <laughs> but he, he already did it. So, And if you are watching online and if you are in a church that does not 
believe in this word and they don't uphold the truth of this word and they don't have conviction you know i I heard um this was a, a quote from leonard ravenhill he said one of the greatest blessednesses the the great blessed graces that god gave to king david was he was miserable over his sin if you're not miserable over sin if you're a pastor that you're going to, and you're, you're listening to people and preachers that don't uphold righteousness and justice, these are the foundations of God's throne in the Bible, it says. And God never changes. We're the, we're the ever-changing mind in this culture. Every other day, right, it's like a new change, another shift in our culture, but God never changes. And if you are not surrounded by people that love the Lord and hate sin, and cling to this word, flee from that group. Get involved with a good Bible preaching, spirit-filled home group, church, wherever you are. I'm just encouraging the people online, guys, because I saw a good, good amount watching us. Find a church. If you're near here and you don't have a good fellowship, come here, guys. Please, the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. But all the more so we should be gathering as we see the day of the Lord approaching. The second coming of the Lord is approaching. Don't forsake Him and don't forsake your brothers. We need each other right now, guys. We need each other now more than ever. And that's the encouragement I want to give you guys. We need to fellowship more. We need to encourage one another more. And we need to meditate on those things that are good and praiseworthy and lovely. Amen? The, the media will not give you praiseworthy things to talk and think about, amen? We have to gather together, get in God's word, pray and fellowship, and that's where we're strengthened, amen, guys? That's why we're here as Freedom Church. So, so let's get into the word of God, and I want to give you a couple places where we're going to land, but this is some really holy ground. I, I actually have been granted the the joy of doing a, a, a little series for you guys. So I'm going to do this week. I'm just going to prepare the way here. But this week and next week, we're going to do two, uh, you know, a little series, two sermons on one topic. But this is such a holy ground. And I'm going to give you the scriptures in a minute. But the, the, the topic I, I felt was on my heart. I kind of took a little sem- uh, summer vacation with my family, as you guys know, maybe some of you know. We were out of town for a couple of weeks, and we ended up just having a really nice time with the Lord. We went to North Carolina and Texas and spent some time with our missionary brothers up in YWAM. And we were just in this beautiful place and just spending time with Jesus. And this one, like we had some plans that didn't work out. We were going to do some different things and different ministry opportunities we had. And we ended up just sitting still, you know, and just staying at the hotel at the YWAM base and just resting in the Lord and, and fellowshipping with Him. And we, we enjoyed our time so much because, you know, sometimes we can be so busy about the Father's business, amen, that we forget to just sit down at the table with the Father, right? Remember Mary and Martha's scenario where Jesus is in Mary and Martha's house. He's in the house, the Son of the living God. God in flesh, He's in the house. And, you know, Martha's so consumed with trying to serve him and the disciples and keep the house clean and keep the food hot that she forgot who was in her house she forgot the the holy moment 
that she was in. That the God of the universe was sitting in her living room. And I could just see Jesus. He's just lounging on the chair, whatever they had back in the day. And, and Mary caught the moment. She understood what moment she was in. And she began to just worship. She just stopped doing everything. And she just wept at his feet and kneeled at his feet. And just, here's Martha frustrated. We know the story. Comes in the room. What is this? There's, there's, there's dishes to clean and, and people to feed and things to do. Well, get up, get up, Mary. Jesus, what, what do you, tell her to come help me. And he's like, Martha, what is wrong with you? <laughs> do you understand that she understands? She chose the better thing. You know, sometimes, guys, we just need to get away with God. Amen. We just need to be still and know he is God. So we were there, and we began to kind of detach from the Martha syndrome, I call it, and just sit down at his feet like Mary. And the Lord just really impressed on me, like he's calling me deeper into himself. And he took me to this place, and I want to call it the, the bosom of God. So the topic we're going to open today is called the heart of the Father, the bosom of God. I don't know if you've even heard of that. <laughs> talked about or preached or, or if you've ever dug into this but this is really I love preaching the gospel I love talking about all the topics in scripture but this is the most holy of grounds guys this is the most holy sacred place we're about to enter and go so I, I want to pray before we even open the word before we even do anything else I just want to pray again and there's no rush I have two weeks, so I don't have to... This is a topic we, we should be digging into our whole Christian life. There's no way to even cover it in a couple mini-sermons. But I want to pray and just let the Holy Spirit give us guidance and patience as we go into this place, the heart of the Father. So Holy Spirit, we just co come before you. Yeah, I just thank you, Lord, that you are God. Your, your word commands us, says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among all the nations. Yes, I will be exalted in all the earth. Lord, we just want to quiet our hearts before you like Mary. Let us not, whatever is troubling minds right now, I just see like so many thoughts just anxiety is attacking us right now, and I just pray for all anxiety to be still right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Be still. I pray your word says you've not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I pray for sound minds right now in this place, God, that you will quiet our hearts. Like the old song says, Lord, quiet my mind, Lord. Make me still before you. Calm my restless heart, God. Make us more like you. Before we can enter your heart, we need to quiet our hearts, Lord. Before we can have your thoughts, we need to stop all the thoughts of ours. So, Lord, like Mary, we just bow at your feet. Holy God, we just humble ourselves before you. We want to know your heart. We want to come in closer to you. 
We know you're here with us, but make yourself known to us, Jesus. Make yourself manifest to us. Show us the Father, Jesus. Show us the Father, Jesus, in your precious holy name. Show us the Father in the face of the Son and through the Holy Spirit and through your word right now, God. Open our ears, open our eyes in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want you to go with me to John chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. John chapter 1. I want you to also kind of hold your place in John chapter 14. If you get a moment, just a few, cha- few pages to the to the right, go to John 14 and Put a little bookmarker or note there, and we're going to start in John 1. And this is going to be, uh, let, let's just reason together for a moment. I'm going to have a different kind of uh, approach today. Usually I just go right in and start preaching, right? But I have a couple questions I want to ask you guys, and I want to hear some of your answers. So online here in the room. I, I want to start before we even read where we're going to land. I want to ask you a few questions, and I want you to think. So let's reason together. Get your biblical thinking caps on here. And these are the two questions I have for you today. Number one, where did Jesus come from? Where did Jesus come from? Number one. The second one, which we'll get to in a moment. What did Jesus come to do? What did Jesus Christ, the Messiah, come to do? These are two of the most important questions of all of time. These are two of the most important questions that were addressed in all the Gospels. These are two of the questions that all the religious leaders were asking, that all the people wanted to know, that all the people wanted to try to figure out, where did you come from? Where did you get your authority? What are you saying? Who sent you? What did you come to do? What's your mission? These are the questions that we need to settle in our spirits, in our minds, our hearts, our souls. Because these are the most important questions of all time. Where did Jesus come from? So I want to ask you guys, and I want to hear a little bit of answers. Where did he come from? Does anyone, and don't feel bad. Amen. Very true. Anyone else? And don't feel like, you know, if you're wrong, we're not going to judge you. We're just asking questions. We're reasoning together. Came down from heaven. Very true. Very good. Yes. Well, he is the word of God. He always existed, but he is the word of God. Yes. He came to save the world. That's, a, that's the second question, what he came to do. Yes. Anyone else? He came the way uh, everybody came, except his community was received and God. That's a good point. He came from God. He came from God, and that's particularly where we're going to land. He was born, his human existence was born 
but his eternal existence always was. Like Brother Theron said, Elder Theron back there. I call him Elder. I don't know about you guys. He's my Elder, so I respect. See, Jesus, yes, he came from heaven. Let me, let me give you a couple verses. John 6.35, if you're taking notes. These are just kind of footnotes. These aren't the main uh, verses. But Jesus came from heaven. I think it was... Um, one of the brothers said that he came from heaven Jesus said in John 6:35 he said I am the bread of life I am the bread of life remember this was right after the miracle of the five loaves of bread and the two fish he said I am the bread of life and right before that he said the bread for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven he so Jesus came from heaven okay he already existed before he came to earth but he came down from heaven and he said, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Just like bread gives substance to our bodies, Jesus is the eternal bread that gives substance to our souls. But he came from heaven. Now, that's not ultimately the only place he came from though. Because guess what? Angels also come from heaven, right? Angels come down from heaven all the time and you see them all through scripture. So there's things, you know, you know who else came from heaven? Satan. <laughs> Satan fell from heaven. He was cast out of heaven. So there's some things that come out of heaven that aren't necessarily good, right? There's things that came down out of heaven. God cast Satan out. Angels come down from heaven as his messengers. And Jesus, but here's the thing. Was Jesus just an angel? Was he just a messenger? Or was he more? Our brother here said he came from God. He came from God. My two young brothers here, actually he quoted John 1. He didn't maybe realize that, but it says, In the beginning, John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you guys don't uh, me have that scripture memorized, please circle it, highlight it, meditate on it and really get this down in the beginning this beginning word in the original language means before the beginning i learned this from pastor joe years ago in bible college over at calvary me and pastor joe taught me this before the beginning of time before the beginning of anything before the beginning of creation before anything was god was there amen it's the same language it uses in hebrew in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god right in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth so what was the beginning there was nothing there there was no time there was no earth there was no heaven god created everything in the beginning and in the beginning there was nothing remember so god existed before anything began god existed before the beginning and in the beginning was the word and where was the word he was with god he was with God and he was God. Don't let any demon in hell tell you that Jesus was not God. Okay? There's many cults out there that deny who he was. This very book, the Gospel of John, was written to remind us and to show us and reveal to us that Jesus is God. There was all these heretics going around saying that, yeah, he was a man and he was a prophet and he was a, maybe some type of a savior, but he wasn't God in flesh. That's the whole reason he wrote this gospel. To refute that, to prove that he was. 
So that's why he started with this verse. Jesus was God and was with God the Father. And that's where he came from. He came from God. But think even a little deeper here. He didn't just come from heaven. He didn't just come from God. Now you might say, well, what's deeper than God? (laughs) There's a place that the Bible calls the bosom of God the Father. The bosom of God the Father. I'm going to read it to you in one moment. But this is holy ground, guys, because I want you to understand what what the Bible is talking about. Where Jesus came from, okay? You see, in Genesis 1, when God breathed on mankind, when God breathed on mankind, we know this is in, in, in Genesis sorry, chapter 3 where He created man. So He created all things, and then He created man and woman in His image. He created them. And then He did what? He breathed His life into them, right? Now that word in Hebrew, the breath of God, is where we get the word for Spirit of God. It actually means the huach. The Hebrew word is like huach. I don't speak Hebrew. Maybe I did good on that. Maybe not. Don't judge me. You probably couldn't do any better. But the huach came out of God, the breath of God. And that's where the Spirit of God is. And when you look at that word, the breath of God, it actually means the essence or the nature or the center of his being came out of him into man and he breathed his spirit into man. Do you understand? So man is different than animals. Man is different than angels. Man is different than all other created beings because God put his own spirit inside of us. And this is one of the reasons I believe it's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the unforgivable sin is you're offending the center, or if you can just grasp this, you're, you're offending the heart, the core the nature, the depth of the nature of God. That's what you're blaspheming when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And therefore, there's no, it's like Jesus called it, you know, the unforgivable sin. That's the place where Jesus dwelled. Do you, you guys grasping this? Like, so, okay, let's, let's read this scripture here. Because you're like, oh, looking at me like, what is this? Bosom of God? Okay. It's in the same chapter. John chapter 1. Let's go down. Let's just read some context. Because I don't want you guys to think I'm cherry picking here. (laughs) That's not the kind of preacher I am. So Jesus is the eternal word. John chapter 1 verse 1. Now go down to verse 14, okay? John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So he existed before John. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Verse 18, here's where we're going to land for a moment. No one has seen God, the Father, at any time but the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. Who Say that with me. Who is in 
the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him to us. He has declared the Father to mankind. You see, Jesus didn't just come from heaven. He didn't just come from God. Because even prophets are sent from God, right? He came from the bosom, the very core center heart of the Father. Now what's the picture? Because God's not a physical form. God is a spirit being. God has no form. He's not a man, the Father I'm talking about. He has no form. The Bible says He's not male or female. He is spirit, right? You guys follow me? So, so He doesn't have a belly is the point, right? He doesn't have a bosom. So what is the picture? What is the Bible trying to tell us? Picture where a baby... And, and how, how applicable is this right now with this whole Roe versus Wade? Picture where a baby is and dwells. That's what we call the bosom of a mother, right? It's, it's the, literally the very inside, the very center of her being. It's where a baby's formed and dwells for nine months and then comes forth. Now, this is not saying at all that Jesus was created ever because go back to john 1 he was with god always and he was god always but what it's saying is that's where jesus came from he came out of the bosom of god now this is very very important and the reason john is is writing this he's trying to give us the picture of a womb he's trying to give us a picture of this 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 deeper depth to where Jesus came from because this is the point. If you understand where Jesus came from, you understand His identity. You, you get it? If you know where you were born and you know what family you came from, you have your identity, right? People, like they say, kids who are adopted and they, do, they don't know their parents, they're always kind of like searching for their identity, right? I just met a family... Uh, we were doing a missions dinner on Friday to send out one, another missionary. Hallelujah. We're sending out missionaries in Jesus' name. And um, just because I'm in America, I'm still a missionary. So doing the work of the Lord, sending them out. And her family came and her parents came and her mom was like adopted. And, you know, she was like well in her 30s. She was adopted into a Christian family, a loving family. Uh, you know, they loved her. They nurtured her. They were a wealthy family. She had everything. But because she was adopted... She didn't know where she came from, and she was on this search her whole life to find her parents. And finally, like when she was, I think, in her mid-age, 40s, 50s, she found her mom and dad. And she was even reconciled to them. She was even, um, you know, reconciled to mom and dad, and her whole life just, just kind of came back together, right? But when you, you know where a person comes from, you know how to identify them. When you know where Jesus came from, that's his proper identity. You see, he called himself the son of God. He called himself the only begotten son of the father in John 3 because he was the only one that came from God the father. Do you understand? He was the only one who came from that place. You see, angels came from heaven, but Jesus came from the bosom of the father. Prophets are sent by God, but Jesus came from the bosom of the father. You guys following me? Now, this, destined, this, this identity of Christ, and this is so important to understand this because this is where 
so many people get confused about Christ and his identity and who he was. But understanding this also shows us what he ultimately came to do. You guys understand that? Where he came from and who he is and his identity also shows us what his mission really was, what his purpose in coming to earth really was, which is the second question I I have for you guys. And I'm going to ask it again. What did Jesus come to do? What did Jesus come to do? What was his mission? So I want to hear some responses. To do the will of the Father, amen. Establish heaven on earth. Bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, we could say, yes. To redeem mankind, yes. Amen. Amen. He did all those things, right? He fulfilled prophecy. He to show us the Father. I like that one. All of that's true. To fulfill prophecy. To save mankind. To redeem mankind. To show us the Father. So, Jesus came from heaven to bring us to heaven, right? Can everyone say amen? But think a little deeper. He came from God to bring us to God. Amen? But think even further. What, what's, the te- what's the topic? What's the theme? The bosom. Jesus came, ultimately, you could summarize his whole mission in this. He came from God the Father, and he came out from the bosom into the world to redeem the world and bring us into the place where he left from. He, he came to save us, to bring us into the bosom of God. Does that make any sense? If he, if he left his dwelling place, he left heaven, and he left the Father, he came to redeem us, to bring us back into that place where he dwells. That's what you were created for. It's very simple. It's all throughout Scripture. When God created Adam and Eve, that's what he put in you. He put his breath in you. He put his life in you. He put his spirit in man. But sin entered the world. Sin destroyed the relationship and fellowship we have with God. And the oneness, the, 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 the family, the fellowship, the union that we have with God was broken because of sin. And that spirit who was in us, who was in Adam and Eve at least, that God breathed in them, he says, the day you sin, you will die. The day you sin, you will die. So let me ask you a question. Did they die the day they ate the fruit? The day you eat from touch, he said, the day you eat from this tree, you will die. Did they die that same day? Can anyone say physically, did they die? No. They didn't physically die. So did God lie or did they die? They died spiritually. So God does not lie. They died. The moment they sinned, they died. They were disconnected from life. They were disconnected from God. They were disconnected from the Spirit. They were disconnected from the place where mankind was created to dwell in the bosom of the Father. 
Maybe it's a strange term, but hey, don't get mad at me. John the Apostle wrote it. <laughs> they, he, he created us to dwell with him, to be with him, to have fellowship with him, and to be in such a union with him that it's like a baby dwelling in the mother's womb. Okay? And if you don't like it, hey, go talk to John in heaven. I don't know why he wrote it that way. That was his mission, guys. And this is what he came to show us the Father. Our brother said it. It's a very interesting verse that he writes here. He says in verse 18, I'm quoting, No one has seen God at any time, right? He's talking about God the Father. No one has seen God at any time. So remember the whole history from creation until now. No one has seen God. No one has seen the Father. Even Moses asked, Father, show me your glory, God. Yahweh, just show me your glory. Show. He said, you can't see it. If I showed you myself in my full display, in my full glory, you would die, man. So he said, I'll just show you the shadow, the surpassing glory, the, just, the, just a glimpse of the glory. No one had seen God at any time. But there's one, the only begotten Son. And He came from the Father, and He has declared Him. Now, the mission of Christ, guys, was not simply to die to take away our sins. It wasn't just to take away sin. That wasn't the ultimate mission. Yes, that was a part of it, okay, and this is important, but He didn't just die to take away our sins. He died to reconcile us to God. That's the destination. The, the, the culmination of the cross wasn't just the removal of sin. It was an impunt, uh, we call it imputation. Like he imputed, he took away our sin and he gave us his righteousness. He took something away so he can give us something in place. He took away our dirt, our shame, our sin, so he can give us his own righteousness and bring us back to God. And as Christians, as pastors, especially as evangelists, we need to be careful that we are not leading people halfway to the destination. You see how important this is? We, we need to be careful in our life that we're not living halfway. That we're not living... See, a lot of people, they will come to God because they don't want to go to hell. They want, we call it, I, I'm an insurance agent now, they call it fire insurance. No one wants to suffer. Oh, forgiveness? That's great. I'd, I'd love to be forgiven. I'm tired of all this guilt and shame anyway. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want forgiveness? Who doesn't want mercy and grace? Who doesn't want the blessings? Who doesn't want fire insurance? Nobody wants to suffer and be tormented. If any person knew what hell was really like, they would never want to go there. Not at a moment. You see, but ultimately, if we preach in this way, like Jesus' ultimate plan for you is just to wash you, forgive you, bless you, do all these things for you, we're not bringing them all the way to the final mark. The destination is God wants to be reconciled to you. You are separated from God, and He wants to reconcile Himself to you. And you see, a lot of Christians will come to church, and it's all over America and the Western world. They'll come in for the, what they need, you know, the healing, the blessing, the forgiveness. But they're not being reconciled to God. They're not coming into fellowship with God. They're not coming into a relationship with the Father. That was the purpose. Jesus died. Do you understand that the, sin, here's man. Man is sinful. I'm just using myself. We're sinful and we're separated from God. 
here's God over on the other side of the chasm that we can't cross, and here's sin in the middle. Sin is the barrier that blocks us, right? The mission wasn't to remove sin. The mission was to bring us back to God. But sin was the barrier. Sin was what separated us. So Jesus took away sin. He nailed sin to the cross. He crucified it to the cross so that we can have full access to God the Father. Do you understand? He didn't just come to cleanse you so you could be clean. He didn't just come to make you free so you could sing songs. He didn't just come to bless you so you could be blessed. He came to remove sin so that you could be brought back to God the Father, the Heavenly Father. And we have to be careful we're not living in between. We're not, we're not coming to God for just the removal of this. We, we as, as evangelists, we need to be so careful we're not just preaching and getting people to the halfway point of the destination. You see, go to John 14. You guys are going to see this maybe in such a way that it's so clear in John 14. And we've made this such an evangelistic sermon, and it's so, it's so good. It, it is like such an amazing scripture or chapter. And Jesus is speaking here. Go to John 14. So just to paint the picture for a moment, Jesus is about to die and go to the cross. This is right before the crucifixion. He's having kind of like his last moment with his disciples. He's having his last supper. This is right before all of that. And so he comes to them. And he's beginning to now explain to them his heart. He's beginning to pour out. You know, like if you ever sit with a person when they're dying, or you sit at their bedside, or you sit at their hospital bed, and they're even conscious I mean, they will begin to pour out their soul, will they not? They'll begin to open up to you and say things that you never heard them say and share things that you never thought they would share. And Jesus is at that point with his disciples. He's about to open up his whole heart now to them and just give them everything of himself and say, look, this is what I came for. This is what I, where I came from. This is where I'm leading you to get to. This is the theme of this, right? So let's read in verse 1. He tells his disciples, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Come on, somebody. Anybody need that word today? Do not let your heart be troubled. If you don't hear the word of the Lord, and it don't hit you, but it's hitting me right now. You believe in the Father God, believe also in me. He said, In my Father's house, what's the picture? Inside the Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. What's the destination? He wants to bring us to himself. And that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know and you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? <laughs> Just stop there for a second. Understand, he's been with these guys three and a half years. He's been telling them the whole time, I am the way. I am the bread of life. I'm the one who came from heaven. I'm the one who came from the Father. I am the way to the Father. He was telling them this the whole time. Now he's about to die and go away. 
And he's like, I've given it all to you guys. You know where I'm going, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know the way. They're like, no, we don't, Lord. I mean, it was just sad, right? <laughs> it's like, guys, you didn't get it yet? Jesus said, then said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, the Father was the destination. The Father is God's mission for you, is Christ's mission on earth. His mission was to bring you to God the Father, not to just get you out of hell free card and get you into heaven. The mission is God the Father. He came to bring us to the Father. He said, I'm the only way to heaven. No, He is the only way to heaven. He said, I'm the only way to the Father, though. The Father. And they understood in that moment they were taught that Jesus was talking about God Himself. It's this better than heaven. It, he's, who make, he's who makes heaven heaven. He is God. And they understood, wait, you're saying you're the way to God the Father? You're saying you're the way to be reconciled to God the Father? And they knew he was speaking of the Father. Look at the next verse. He says, if you have known me, Jesus told him, you have known the Father also. And from now on, you have known him and have seen him. And they said to him, Lord, show us the Father. Just show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Jesus said to them, How have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Stop there. Remember the verse we read in John 1? No one has seen the Father. No one has seen God at any time. Do you understand? For thousands upon thousands of years, mankind was longing for an encounter with God. The prophets cried out, Moses, Lord, show me your glory. You can't see it yet. The prophets longed for it. The people cried out for God. And none of them saw God at any time. An angel encountered them. A messenger spoke to them. A glimpse. They caught a glimpse. They never saw God. And now Jesus is saying, do you understand what he's saying? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen God. The Father. I have showed you who He is. My brother pointed that out. That was his, part of His mission. I came to show you. That was ultimately His mission. To show us the Father and bring us back to the Father. I came here to show you the Father. And He's like, you guys don't get this? I've been with you so long. So long. You don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen Him. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's the fullness of God in bodily form. He is the only begotten Son of the Father. If you behold the face of Jesus, you see God the Father. You get to see what all the prophets couldn't see. You get to know what all the prophets didn't get to fully know. If you open the Word of God and you can see Christ in His Word, you get to see God Himself. Do you see what holy ground you tread upon, guys? Jesus is God. He came from the bosom to bring us back to the house, to bring us into the home, into the heart, into the heart of God. And we're dwelling. You know where we are, church? You know why we have such lack of fellowship, lack of fervor, lack of love? We're dwelling in the outer courts content to serve him in the fields like the second prodigal son 
when he's in the house saying, come in the house, son. I got a celebration going on. I got a feast. I'm bringing the prodigals home. I'm saving sinners. I'm tearing down Roe versus Wade. I'm crushing the enemies before you. And I want you to, I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Come into the house. Come and be with me. Come and dine with me. Come and linger with me and fellowship with me. It's what you were created to do. And we're just, we're happy to be on the outer court and do a little service to the Lord and just give our little offerings to Him. And He wants you in His, in his bosom. He wants to fellowship with you. I'm going to land here just for five more minutes. We'll wrap it up. And I see, I see something's happening here. I see, and this is, this is what happens when you preach. I, I see some of you are just like not getting this. You're hearing, but you're not getting. Others of you are receiving it. Some people online are like, this is like the first time I think someone's ever heard this. I'm really feeling it in my heart. Like the first time. And I want you to hear the heart of God. And it's okay, I'm not here to twist no one's arm and the Holy Spirit's the only one who can reveal Jesus to you and He's the only one who can reveal the Father. You can't get this from me. You can't get this from a man. You understand? This is called revelation from God. You can't enter fellowship unless the Spirit draws you. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless my Father draws him. I can't draw you close to God. I can't give you revelation of who he is. But this was his ultimate mission and destination. I, I just want to go to the end. You see, God wanted a people who belonged to him. No longer in sin, no longer in evil. He wanted a people who belonged to him. And he allowed sin to enter the world. He allowed evil to come in so that he could redeem us and show us the depth of his love, show us the depth of his heart, guys. You see, his heart couldn't have been displayed if he created robots. His heart couldn't have been made known if he created people who are perfect and sinless like the angels. His love and mercy, the Bible says he's full of mercy. When he revealed himself to Moses and just got a glimpse, right? He just got a glimpse of his glory. What did he say to Moses? He said, I am the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate God. I'm merciful. I'm full of mercy, abounding in love, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. That's the revelation Moses got. How could he reveal that if there was no sin? How could he reveal that if there was no fall? How could he reveal that if you didn't fall into sin and I didn't fail and blow it and mess it all up? He reveals his love and displays it in that we were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. What greater love has a man than this that he laid down his life for his friends? How great is that love? How much greater is it when he lays down his life for his own enemies? And that's what we were. We weren't his friends, guys. We were under the wrath of God. We were enemies of God. We were enemies of good. We were children of the darkness. And God saved us and died for us anyway what me what measure of love is that john wrote what is this he's like what is this 
What kind of love is this, guys? Does it not shake you to your core and move you? You see, it's the love of God that will draw you out of sin and into repentance. It's the love of God that will take you out of the darkness into the light. He wanted the people for himself. God wants a holy people, a people that are clean, but he wants a bride that's washed in white. And he wants to dwell with you and he wants to dine with you. He loves you and he longs for you. And he wants us to be his fully, his fully, not just halfway, not just part of the way. He wants us fully in, fully his. Have you ever read the end of the Bible? You ever read it? Like, I know you have. I'm just wondering if you've like dug it, you've studied it, you've sat on it. I'm just going to read this quickly. This is the end. This is the final revelation. Go all the way to the end. Revelation 21. This is the final destination. These are the last two chapters in the Bible. I'm just going to read a few verses. But this is the final <laughs> purpose that God had for humanity. This is the final destination He brings it all to. Revelation 21. I'm just going to read verse 1 through 8 quickly. He says, Now, this is the same apostle writing. John, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as what? As a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men And he will what, guys? What was his purpose? He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And wipe away, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And no more death shall be. No more sorrow, no more crying or pain shall be no more. For all the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and they are faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes all things shall inherit these things. And I will be his God. And what? He will be my son. The son came from the father to make us sons and daughters. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, and sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone and is called the second death. Before we close, I'm going to give like a call to the altar of God here. And, and I want to make this so clear because I feel... Like I said, there's someone who's hearing this for the first time. And God's, even if you've heard this for the hundredth time, God's trying to give us deeper revelation. You know what makes hell so horrible? Hell, well, the eternal lake of fire. You know what makes it so horrible? It's not the fire and the brimstone, as terrible as that is. It's not the fires that 
never are quenched and the worm that never dies. It's not the fact that there's darkness only and you'll never see the light of day again. It's not the fact that the torments are unbearable, the torture is unfathomable. The, it, it's, it is the worst place in all the universe, in all of existence. You know what's the worst thing about it though? is the absence of God. The absence of God. You will be eternally separated. If you end up in that place, you will be eternally separated from this Father who sent His only begotten Son to give His life for you. That will be the torment. That will be, that will be the worst part of hell. That you will look for His light and you will long for it and cling for it and you'll never see it again. That you'll cry out for hope and you'll weep and you'll mourn and you'll gnash your teeth but there will be no hope. That you'll pray to God, save me God, 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 but there will be no God there. You'll be separated from Him. And that's the horrifying thing of hell. Forget all the torments. The torturous thing is that you'll never be able to encounter God again. You see, what makes heaven so wonderful and beautiful, it's because God dwells there. It's because it's God's house, it's God's home. You remove God, it's not heaven at all. And what makes hell so horrible is there is no God there. He's just absent. He separates Himself for eternity. And I cry out this from my heart because I'm closing, but if there's just one if there's just one who, who hears my voice, I'm just a voice crying out in the wilderness. I'm just a voice crying out from this pulpit. Be reconciled to God. Maybe you're just a Christian who came in for the plan, the blessing plan. You just wanted sins forgiven and shame to be gone and good things to happen to you. But let me tell you, God is the best thing that could happen to you. God is the destination. He wants to wash you clean. He wants to set you free, but He wants to bring you to Himself. He wants to have fellowship with you because He loves you with an everlasting love. And I pray right now for you. Whoever hears this call, let this not be you who ends up in this place separated from God. Jesus said, all who believe in Me. He said, for God so loved the world he gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, whoever, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus said, you know what eternal life is? He defined it. He said eternal life is knowing God and the Son in whom He sent. That's eternal life. So do you know God? Do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Or are you living in these outer courts I was talking about? Are you still living in sin? Are you still living in religion in this church today? Are you still living in your own good works? Are you still living in this place where there's no fellowship? There's no love and table you're sitting at with Jesus? This is a call for you, church. He's saying, come into the bosom. <laughs> come into the house. Come into my heart and receive all that I've prepared for you. I want to give you myself. Is there anyone that wants to receive this? I pray you come up to the front and I pray you begin 
online to just cry out to Jesus right now. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit move for a moment. I'm just going to be silent and let the Holy Spirit move. This is a holy moment. We just need to be still and let Him do what He wants. If it's you, cry out to Jesus right here in the room. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. If it's online, cry out to Him. Father, weakest, we humbly come. I'm not going to do a sinner's prayer because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We just acknowledge Jesus, you are the Son of the living God, the only begotten of the Father. Oh, Jesus, thank you. You've shown us the Father. And we love you, Lord, because you first loved us. We just open our hearts wherever you are. Just open your heart. There's a, there's a doorknob on the inside. Only you can open it. Jesus isn't going to kick in the door. He just says, behold, I stand and I knock. And if any man opens, I will come in and dine with him. Lord, we hear your call. We hear your knocking. We open our hearts to you right now. Make your home inside of us, Holy Spirit. Make your home inside. Make us like you planned for us to be, Father, since creation. In fellowship with you, God, and in relationship with our Father. Wash away our sins, Lord. Wash away our sins. Oh, Lord, the filth and abominations of this nation, God. Cleanse your house, Lord. Cleanse your people. Cleanse your bride. Through your precious blood, Jesus. Through your precious blood. And make us, Father, a bride that is prepared for you. Like it says in Revelation 1, a people who is prepared for you. And you will be our God and we will be your people forever and ever, Lord. We're just sojourning through this land, through this body, this tent. And Lord, we give it to you. We give you our life and our heart and our soul. I just seem like God is sending. He's sending his presence down. I sense he's so strong in this room. He's so strong moving even online like more than I've ever felt. And I pray right now he's just going to begin to touch people. I just want to be obedient. He's just going to begin to touch people. 
He wants to come and live in the core of you. He wants to make himself known to you. No more surface Christianity, he says. There's no more time for lukewarmness, my church. There's no more time for this lukewarmness. I want to burn in you like a fire because I'm an all-consuming fire. The Lord says he's an all-consuming fire. Consume us, Lord. Please, Father, show us your love. Show us your grace. Show us your favor once more. I just pray he touches hearts right now. I even believe healing's about to break out. Healing of hearts, healing of minds, even of bodies, Lord. The Lord loves us so much. He's compassionate. He's compassionate. I pray, Lord, you release your healing upon people right now. Your healing touch. We've struck a chord, guys. We, we've struck a chord on God's heart today. And he's, he's, he's pleased. He loves when we love Him. He loves when we just think of Him and worship Him. Lord, just have Your way. Heal people right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Set captives free. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray those in the darkness will come into the light right now. I just see light penetrating in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord. You're the God who saves and delivers and reconciles us to the Father. I thank you, Lord. I pray right now. I just ask the believers here to pray for your loved ones. Pray for your lost family and friends. Lord, we lift them up to you, Father. The door of gates, the gates of eternity are closing, God. And the time is short. We pray for those who are lost right now. We pray for those who are in sin right now and in the darkness, that you will set them free and show them who you are. God, make yourself known. From the White House, God, all the way down to our house, shake this nation from sea to shining sea, Father. From coast to coast, from city to city, Father, reveal your glory to us again. Show us your glory, Father. We will not be content for complacent Christianity, for lukewarm Christianity, Father. We do not want to be spit out of your mouth, Father. We will not live in this lukewarmness any longer, Father, or compromise with this world, Father. We love you, Lord. We call on your name, and we pray that you will send rain again on this land. Send heavenly rain. We as your people, we humble ourselves. We pray. We seek your face, God. We seek your face, and we turn from our wicked ways, God. Oh, all of our idols, Lord. Tear them down, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. All the giants, break down the strong man in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, and heal this land. Heal this land. Reclaim it for your kingdom. Reclaim it for your glory, Lord. You are the king. You are the one who deserves all the glory. And we pray right now, Father, for America, for this nation, for every city and for every family, Father, that you will begin to move mightily, mightily, God. Start with us, Lord. Start with us, Father, and we thank you for all you're doing. We just praise you. We worship you, God. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name.
peace be multiplied to us. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you all and may he keep you. And may his countenance shine upon you. And may he give you his peace in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord.